0: This is Josie Brown with Author Provocateur. My guest today is Tina DeSalvo, a powerhouse in contemporary romantic fiction. She'll be joining me at the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend 2018 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There, she'll be showcasing her Second Chance series, as well as a new series, Cloud Hill, which is set in the Rocky Mountains. I am so happy to talk to you. I mean, just so happy to talk to you we both come from very similar backgrounds. We both started out as journalists. So, um, you know, as a journalist, uh, you know, a sister journalist, let me call you that. um, Okay, great. uh, Do you, uh, do you feel that that training helped you in
1: writing your stories? Absolutely. It has really trained me to be a deadline girl. I have a, a very fond affection of deadlines. If I don't have a deadline when I'm writing, I tend to not feel hurried or um, a need to finish as much as I do when I have a deadline. So that was that's a wonderful benefit of it. But it's interesting. I went into journalism because I love to write and I love to tell a story. I just didn't know that people actually made a living at being a published author and writing fiction. Um, And that's even questionable, isn't it? (laughs) Right, right. But but I just love to tell the story. And so I began in sports broadcasting, which is really interesting. But my training in school was uh, communication arts journalism. Wow. And the broadcasting. And so, yeah, so it does. It does help.
0: Now, did you do TV or, or, or radio? Both. Oh, good. I'm a small
1: market, so I um, I only did uh, just assignments for networks. Uh, usually, when we had hurricanes down in South Louisiana, huh. we needed a local person <laughs> to do a report, <laughs> and so I did many many of those. So they didn't have to send a reporter, and that was the days when they didn't like to send someone down because that involved a satellite truck and you know just a lot of extra equipment that um, is not as nece- not necessary today.
0: So, right.
1: um, yeah, I was TV. I did TV and radio because we did have um, both in the market where I was and in the company I worked for. So we did a nightly newscast, and then eventually it moved um, to a five-minute uh, insertion on CNN headline news. They used to provide an insertion time for local news. Right uh, at, at six minutes before the hour, and we'd go, we'd go in and do our basically our headlines, and then if there was something more we needed to do, then we went in and did the 30 minutes or so we did a 30 minute interview program that we did um, twice a week. Wow. And yeah. That's kind of where, yeah, it was, it's interesting how it's evolved over the years. And then radio, if I did morning drive primarily. And, uh, so, you know, those early morning.
0: Oh my and, God. Uh,
1: they are finding the news, making the beat calls, uh, you Know what happened overnight and that sort of thing. So
0: now, have but I
1: did meet a lot of interesting people though, Josie? And that's that is an inspiration to a lot of my stories because I feature stories were my favorite thing and really getting to know people and seeing them in their most triumphant times or the most challenging and 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 really getting in with them sitting at their kitchen table and having a cup of coffee and walking through. With whatever it was uh, at that moment really just um, touched my heart and really made me want to tell their story.
0: Wow. And you know, it's so funny too. I, I do see it in your writing because uh, there's a depth to your writing that, um, you know, some authors just don't have. And it's, I can, I can see where you're, you're drilling down, drilling down, drilling down. And I can imagine you as a reporter doing the same thing to pull the story <laughs> out of, out of, uh, you know, the, the interview, you know, just kind of say so that, because people get shy in interviews, they don't know what to say. They stumble around and, um, it takes a very special person to say, okay, what's the real story here? And to pull that quote unquote soundbite, you know, out of them, that's not just quote unquote usable, but, but that, that, that you can, that, that actually tells the heart of the story
1: and i was very much concerned about breaking up what they were saying um you know editing it you know how you 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 can do that with a cutaway right uh, you can if they're saying something and then they stumble and then they stumble and then you piece it together and you do a cutaway you don't actually see that you chopped it a little bit. And I never wanted to do that. So I, I really worked with them to tell it to me as they would tell me. So I did do a lot of sitting at kitchen tables with a cup of coffee and that sort of thing, because I wanted the story to be true and authentic and not have to splice it. Together. Right,
0: right. I haven't read all, all of your books, but I would imagine that, you know, you would have had a reporter heroine at one point in time. Uh, Did you ever go that route?
1: I haven't yet. (laughs) I haven't. This last story, Abby, I had the paparazzi coming because I am watching the trends. And because, you know, this is 30 years ago that I actually started over 30 years that I started in the business. And there's been so many different trends. So I addressed a little bit of the paparazzi um, chasing my heroine right so I took it from that point of view yes uh, different it's a different kind of you know complex thing that's going on today
0: right well you know it's funny too because you know Abby which is um, the third novel in your second chances series um, mm-hmm. to me kind of like she's a fun person uh, you can you know she's she's very heartfelt and what was your process for coming up with her story
1: well, I, I met Abby, <laughs> me, met Abby um, in Ellie's story. She and Ellie went through breast cancer together. Right. friends, right. And you develop these bonds with people. Um, I'm a breast cancer survivor, and um, October is very important to me, and I spend a lot of time. But I reflect on how you bond with the caregivers who are, are taking care of you, your doctors, and the people sitting next to you in the chemo chair. And so Abby came from that. And so her journey through cancer was quite different than Ellie, the first heroine of my books. And so she was an earlier stage. She had an earlier detection. But nonetheless, she went through this journey, and they had this special, special bond. So that's where Abby came from. But then I started thinking, um, you know, it's really important. And this goes to the the reporter uh, things that you were talking about. There's like a theme. There's a point to your story. So if you're reporting on a story, there's a point to it. Um, you know, someone's house got flooded; it was, you know, poor drainage, the storm, whatever that point is. So I, I, and it, we call it themes. Right. In fiction writing. Right. So um, Ellie's theme was more picking up the pieces, learning how to live after um, going through cancer. Well, Abby had her own hardships. She is Hollywood royalty. Um, I, uh, you know, it was about making a mistake when you're young in the public eye. I, you know, think through Barrymore and the Barrymore's, and, right? You know, generational Hollywood types. And she's in there, but she can't act, she can't sing, she can't dance, you know. <laughs> but she's, she's, she's not a triple threat. <laughs> no, but she made some mistakes when she was 17, and they followed her her whole life. She was, it was an attribute to her name. Anytime her name came up in the media, it was you know, the mistake she made. It was always tagged with it because we tend to do that. We label people. Right. And so her story came from that um, hardship. So yes. Um, and I felt that I just felt that, you know, how do you overcome this? How do you deal with this when people don't let you forget your mistakes? And then then you have a new mistake that now that's very similar to the old one. And there you go. We have a story.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And of course, you know, the hero who's trying to throw this back at her, <laughs> certainly <laughs> you know? Right? That's not usually the way you endear yourself to a woman at all. <laughs> but um, no. And
1: she's stuck. So she is stuck, and he's kind of stuck with her. So it, you know, normally you would just remove yourself from a situation that's not working for you, but she doesn't have a whole lot of choices the situation has put her in this you know, it's cornered her. And um and he's back he's he's back home after being away and he's decided, no, he ran away from home basically, uh to get away from uh his his youthful um his you know, some problems in his youth. And well, youth, so youthful indiscretions. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's kinda of wasn't his fault, but it still got pointed at him. That right. kind of thing. Where Abby's was her fault. <laughs> But, um, so, uh, so here he is, he's back and, you know, and he, and he wants to live where he is. He wants to reestablish himself home. And she represents like somebody that's just there temporarily and leaving. So yeah, that's their conflict, you know, and he's stuck and she's stuck, but you know, they have to get unstuck.
0: Right. And they have to have their happily ever after as well.
1: Of course. Of course. Oh my God. I am not ever writing anything that's not happily ever after again. I had too many years of that, too many tragedies covering things that um, i went from sports into regular news. And, you know, it just was very very emotional, very trying. It's not happening anymore.
0: I do feel that um, our readers um, are looking for something that is not a fantasy per se,
1: but a happy reality. Right. Right. Happy finale. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we, you know, when I was going through cancer, I didn't want to be so immersed in heavy, heavy things. You know, I wanted to watch those romantic comedies and I wanted to smile and I wanted to be there and not in a in a um, place that uh, I could watch in the evening news or, you know, or just look around my family or whatever it was, you know. So I think romance is wonderful for that reason. And I love the fact that we could due to varying degrees of heat and sensuality and, and actually the romance part, but we still wind up, wind up in the same place. Exactly. Probably ever after.
0: Yeah, it's fun to, to see um, the passion level that an author can bring with a, a, a few words. You know, I mean, words do paint right. a, a wonderful picture, and, and I think, you know, you are definitely uh, one of the artists in that area. You've got a very... Um, A very, very, very broad stroke that paints a beautiful picture. Oh, thank you so much.
1: You know, I think the fact that I love people, I really do like people. I kind of isolate myself, there's no doubt about that, as authors we tend to do that. But when I'm with people, I really like them, Um, and I see the good in them. And so I think... it makes me happy to write these characters and, and to explore them as people. So um, thank you for saying that. I mean, it's really important to me that, um, you know, that I, I convey that, that I uh, like people and I hope that the people I uh, write about, you know, are likable and you want to read about them and you want to fall in love with them. Um, or you want to hate them. Well,
0: you want to uh, appreciate who they are and, and go with them on the journey. And uh, you've created some wonderful journeys thus far for your readers. And I think that's what oh, makes you such you. a satisfying, satisfying read. Um, I, I want to ask you, so what's the next uh, book on your horizon?
1: In March or April, um, probably March, uh, I have a I'm writing historical Western. Wow. So inspired. I know it's it's written and I'm in the editing process and you know that I can take a little time. Um, I was so inspired when I went to Lake Tahoe years ago um, and visited Virginia City and I was inspired by some of the stories I heard of the early people settling there. One in particular was a painted lady ah. who was in this town when it was a tent city and she was, you know, doing her thing and making her living. But she was the only one there of of her profession. And she stayed there. And she continued to stay. And she became quite, quite an icon in Virginia City. And she used to do backdoor doctoring and help women at the back door. Ah. Uh, people that were women in regular day of life that were abused and so forth. So I didn't write her story, although I'd like to maybe one day. But um, at her death, the town came out, and and the men who appreciated her being there for, through thick and thin um, were on the street and formed a line. And the women of the town, who normally wouldn't celebrate a life of someone of her profession, also came out and honored her. Wow. And they actually buried her in her own little pot area. They didn't put her in with the regular community, but they didn't put her in the pauper and the um, the bad people pl- uh, place. They had a special place for her,
0: right? And
1: I just thought that was such an incredible story. And then I did the what if, you know, like we all do. Mm-hmm. So my story is um, it involves her life, and um, and then the life of a young lady who comes to town. So um, they kind of. I, a little it together. So that's kind of what that story was about.
0: I think it's great. Thank and I, I, I'm I, sure that the research was fun on this book and also just bringing these people to life in a time period that we all, you know, fantasize about. I mean, we've all seen Westerns or fell in love with books about Westerns. And you, you'll probably, that'll be a book that, you know, future generations of readers will also fall in love with and, and, and fantasize about being there. I
1: hope so. It's funny how these stories come to you. Um, also, I have a Cloud Hill series of four sisters, estranged sisters who have to come together. And it's in the Rocky Mountains. So I've been primarily been writing about South Louisiana where I live. Right. Um, but I also have a second home. I consider it a second home in the Rocky Mountains. And I just have fallen in love with the people there, their hardiness, and their um, the can-do attitude and that sort of and just the beauty of the area so um, the first book in the series is a Christmas novella and then I'm going to have the four sisters for the four seasons that they're there in this little community so I'm looking forward to that as well because it takes me into a place I love I just love the mountains so um, you know I come from below sea level and now I'm going way up above so it's been kind of a real big diversity for me but the people at heart are all the same and um they all are you know people love family they love their life they love their community they love the surroundings they live in right um and I'm looking forward to writing these four sisters who you know who are very different each of them but um have more similarities than they even realize but I'm going to teach them
0: so what will be the name of that series? And um... It's called
1: the Cloud Hill series. So it's at the end in Cloud Hill. Ah. Uh, all the books will have, it's Christmas at the end in Cloud Hill. And it's part of the Nutcracker Reimagined uh, Christmas collection, wow. which I'm so honored to be part of, with some amazing authors, Um you know, they they just uh, they invited me in, they welcomed me, and it's multi-genre. So um, we're going to have historicals and uh, paranormal, and mine's a contemporary. Wow! And, and the whole series is going to be a contemporary. So it's it's going to it's called the Cloud Hill. So hopefully that'll be out. It's probably um, in the summer. I'm probably going to have my first full-length in that story. Wow!
0: So, and yeah. also um, your historical. Um, what will that, what, what's the title for that? And do you know when you might be
1: launching? Fathers. Oh, the Fathers of Victoria Gallen. And it's going to be in time, out in time for Romantic Times in Reno, Nevada. Um, I'm timing it especially, so I'll have that new book and it's a Western setting. And because the last time I was in Reno is what inspired me for this story and Virginia City is not far away. So.
0: Right, right. So that'll yeah, also excited. be, um, you'll also have that book at Barbara Vay, I presume. Yes,
1: I will. That's the plan, to have but actually release at Barbara Vay and then bring it to R.T. afterwards.
0: It's always a pleasure uh, speaking to you, but it's going to be great to see you. And I know that all the readers, all the Barbara Vay readers are going to be so excited to, to have you again and know that you've got an, another wonderful book ready, willing and able for them to pick up and have right there at your table. So I well, look I forward have- to that.
1: Yes, me too. And I really do love this again. I had Smith last year, and I don't ever want to miss. Um, I just feel so close to the people there. I've learned about Cops, frozen custard from them. <laughs> um, I still can't pronounce most of their last names, but I, I suspect they can't pronounce most of the names here in South Louisiana. Asian <laughs> country. So we're, we're alike in that. But I love their food. I love their attitude and their spirit of um, enjoying life. And um, so it is such a pleasure. And Barbara Bay, of course, and her family, just remarkable people. And they put on such a wonderful event. Um, and it's just so much fun. So I am thrilled that I was asked to return. And I hope I continue to be asked for years to come.
0: Want to hear more about the authors who will be attending the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend? Just go to my website, authorprovocateur.com, and click on to the other interviews. You'll also find them on the event's Facebook page. And beneath each interview, feel free to leave a comment about your favorite part of it. Doing so puts you in the running for a bundle of the author's books. Listeners can leave one comment per author to be entered for the drawing. This is Josie Brown of Author Provocateur signing off.